Jordan and Logan are bringing order to the galaxy. Every week here on The Pod Awakens, we will be discussing batches of episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars in chronological order. The Pod Awakens presents Chronological Clone Wars, a rewatch series. Hello and welcome to the Pod Awakens presents Chronological Clone Wars as we dive into episodes of the Clone Wars each and every week. Uh, this week we have three episodes for you. My name is Jordan and with me as always is Logan. How are you today, Logan? I was just thinking about this as like we're recording this at 9 a.m. Eastern time roughly. And I was like, man, we, we could really start some kind of trend with a podcast called Force of, or uh, Pod Awakens. We literally do it right when we wake up. Yeah. It'd be so, <laughs> people would be like, what is going on? Uh, we're just like in our pajamas when we're recording. Yeah. Yes. Deadhead. I can smell your breath from here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we are talking. Yeah, it's early for us today. Uh, you can blame Logan for that. But <laughs> we are. Uh, talking Jedi Crash, Defenders of Peace, and Trespass. And these three episodes premiered in January of 2009. And I kind of teased it last time. But this first episode is written by Katie Lucas, George Lucas's daughter. Uh, who wrote a few episodes of this show. Um, so interesting. I always found it interesting how like you know, an arc could have like, this is a two episode arc. And then we have like a third episode that isn't part of the arc. How like the two episodes have different directors and different writers, you know, cause you have to make sure that you have everything connected. Cause sometimes they do just, they do just feel like one large story like this one does. Um, it makes more sense. I feel like when we have a, one of those three episode arcs that are loosely tied together, like last week's, uh, or two weeks ago, sorry, Bombad Jedi, Cloak of Darkness, and Lair of Grievous, where like everything was flowing, um, you know, a little uh, looser. Like, oh, this episode focused on this. Ep- these two episodes focused on a lot of the same conflicts. So I found it interesting that they were written and directed by two different people. Um, so we'll start with Jedi Crash, I guess here, and uh, now. It's been a bit since we've actually recorded these, so I kind of forgot that I have to go pull up the uh, the old Disney Plus here for the synopsis. Uh, but Je- Jedi Crash, directed by Rob Coleman, written by Katie Lucas, and it aired January 16th, 2009 uh, on Cartoon Network. And the synopsis states... Um, when Anakin is gravely injured, Ahsoka must take charge. So what's your general thoughts here on this first part of the arc here, this episode? Well, that was interesting. Um, I wasn't ready for Anakin to, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, I wasn't ready for Anakin to get dinged up and then Ahsoka have to take over, um, which I So somebody didn't read the description. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I don't. I, that's yeah. the funny thing is I, I'll never read it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I was like, oh, well, that's, uh, that's different because Ahsoka's like, what is she, 12, 13? <laughs> she seems like she'd be a middle school age, so she's taking charge, man. And um, it shows, like, she's got moments where, again, she's a lot like Anakin. Um, I think we will talk a lot about parallels with her and Anakin. There's just some differences between the two. I think Ahsoka, and especially in this episode, I think we get more of how she's a little bit different than Anakin might be. Uh, Ayla Sakura is the Jedi that is featured in this one. Uh, she will unfortunately meet her timely demise in Revenge of the Sith. Or untimely demise, I guess. Uh, timely demise makes it sound like I was waiting for her. To I was going to say, damn, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan's like, I don't like Ayla. Uh, no, I do like Ayla Sakura. I used to have an action figure of her, too. Um, yeah, she dies on Felucia, the forest planet, when she gets killed by her soldiers um is she the same species as um what's her name is it hara yes as, as hara okay. uh a twi'lek um i like this i want i want those things yeah the, the, their little the twi'lek, like thing. ears yes. or whatever they are yeah i want some how do i get them i don't know i guess you have to <laughs> uh lucasfilm something's cool ILM yeah. <laughs> special. I don't thing. have hair, so I think it'd be kind of cool. To have that. <laughs> uh, so Anakin and crew are trying to reach Ayla Sakura in time here. She's having some problems um, that they are trying to reach her. Um, and they are going to get there in time. Spoiler alert. But uh, while they are helping her out uh, and doing the battle here, Anakin is gravely injured. And they have to. Uh, escape and when they're escaping they crash hence the term Jedi crash which the episode is called on a uncharted grass covered planet called Meridun and uh, they have to leave Anakin behind in order to go find some help and what they do is they find these aliens uh, called uh, Lerman which are very similar to lemurs right and the name is yeah. similar as well um in fact i think they just flipped around the e and the u and put an n in there so um yes they make their way to a village that has a bunch of lemur type aliens their ruler is named t wat ka and they are pacifists logan and they're not aligned with either side and they're hesitant to have anything to do with the Jedi. And in fact, they actually are going to uh, tell um, uh, when they go ahead to help Anakin, he makes sure he wants one of them to stay here, and that's Ayla Sakura stays here. He doesn't trust the storm uh, the clone trooper, so he sends the clone trooper and uh, Ahsoka to go back to the village with his son who is going to be uh, the one who is their healer. A few things stood out to me in this. I really love how the monkey rolls, uh, how, <laughs> how they like just turn into a ball and start rolling. I think that was really cool. Sonic like, yeah. Sonic like a uh, very, uh, you know, droidica like, yeah. Um, now, the leader is very adamant that Jedi are not peacekeepers since they kill for the war. And is there any merit to this? I, I feel like this is the most interesting thing about the whole episode. 
is this kind of conundrum that the leader, uh, which uh, was uh, T. Wat Ka, is saying is you guys are not peacekeepers because you guys are still taking part in this war and you're still killing. I have a few things to push back on this. I'm not so sure the Jedi have killed anyone yet. Uh, it's all droids. Just mm-hmm. killing mostly droids. Unless if I'm missing something. I mean, Django Fett. All right. So, yeah. All right. They killed Django. <laughs> but so far, they haven't it. really killed a lot of people or anything. It's been a lot of uh, just droids they're fighting. So I thought it was interesting that he brings this up. Yeah. And then, they, Jedi always seem like the, the only people they're really after are droids or things that don't have feelings or that kind. Um, you know, eventually clones. But then it really does. It seems like their their code of ethics is just like it, they only kill Sith. So and, and Sith are going to kill everybody else. So that's that's kind of the justice. It reminds me a lot of like, like there's different movies like this and books and stories. I mean, Harry Potter is similar, I think, in the way that the, the good guys really only want to kill the bad guys. They don't have interest in harming other things that are involved and maybe some collateral. But uh, yeah, I think it is interesting. I like that he constantly states that, well, we didn't start the war, and there's not really anybody that's good or bad in war, um, which is which is true. I think war is, I mean, both sides are not playing very nicely, but they happen. So Yeah, a very famous philosopher once said, war, what is it good for? Um, Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Another thing that kind of stood out too here is that there was, a great conversation between Ahsoka and Ayla Sakura here when, you know, Ayla Sakura is like, Hey, like, don't be super upset that Anakin is like fighting for his life right now. And Ahsoka's pretty much like, I don't understand the Jedi, right? I'm supposed to not have any attachments, but I'm also supposed to feel compassion. So she's like, these things conflict, Right. I'm not supposed to have any attachments, but yet you set me up with a master. Then, when the master's hurting, I am supposed to feel compassion. I'm supposed to feel compassion for all living things. But I'm not supposed to feel an attachment. It is very hard, because you would think when you have compassion, and when you have that strong of feelings for somebody, because you're like, I work with this guy every day, and then he's teaching me things, you know, and then you have this him on death's door at this point. And you want to feel compassion for him. Part of that compassion is that I don't want him to die. So I'm going to do everything I can to stop that. And I thought it was interesting that Ahsoka brings this up. Cause I feel like this is stuff people bring up all the time when they're just talking about the Jedi as a whole and how it is confusing. And the fact that like Lucasfilm and, Look, Katie Lucas, George Lucas's own daughter is like, I got to point this out here. I think that's very uh, a fun thing to discuss. Yeah, no, I, I think I don't know. Like, I, I think, too, is that Ahsoka, like this is where I think she's similar in it to Anakin. Anakin and Ahsoka are very similar to the fact that like they don't really I think they come from more troubled past and uh, the only thing that gets them through, especially Anakin with his mother, the only thing that truly gets him through life is the the compassion and connection that he has with his mother. And his love is boundless. Like it, it seems like he 
he gets attached to everybody. I mean, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka. Like, we start to see in this show, because we only really see in Revenge of the Sith and um, and Attack of the Clones, is that we, we only get Anakin really showing that he loves Padme. Um, and really, I think in this show, we get even more where he shows strong bond with Ahsoka. Like he also, it's not just love, like and it's more platonic obviously, but it's, it's love for Ahsoka because that's like his, that's his Padawan. Like that's his, that's, you know, like Obi-Wan kind of feels for Anakin, but Obi-Wan never confesses to really having that strong connection because Obi-Wan's much more of like when people are in trouble, like in when we see in the future in these episodes and stuff like yeah. that, like Obi-Wan is much more willing to go, well, that's just how it is, Anakin, and this is how we're going to move forward. Bad things happen to people. Yes, he has compassion, but he knows he's also not going to put people, in da- other people, in danger by going into danger to try to save people. Like Obi Wan is not that kind of hero. He does not want to hate. He, he doesn't want to save people. Like, but I feel like Anakin's much more like I don't care what I have to do by any means. We're going to save somebody, um, and he grows too attached, and that's that's where I think he gets into trouble with with the Jedi and the way that he feels. And you're right. That's what uh, pretty much uh, Alo's response is very Obi-Wan-like here when she says, don't lose a thousand lives to save one. So uh, that's that's the Jedi way, right? So like like you said, Anakin and, and Ahsoka are more of the hotheads. We're going to leap in here and, you know, save, save these, uh, save whoever. But it might lead to things of causing more death and destruction, but they're not thinking about that first. While Obi-Wan and Ayla will be a little bit more measured. Uh, same with like Yoda and the rest of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so they save the day. The The leader's son here, um, you know, does his little thing where he grabs a rope and like takes down the creatures that are going to attack Rex and Anakin and Anakin gets healed, and they take him to the village, and that was uh, the end of the first episode. As we go into Season 1, Episode 14, Defenders of Peace, which uh, also uh, was written by Bill Canterbury. Uh, He's written a few, I think, we've talked about so far. And Stuart Lee was the director a village must choose a side in the Republic Separatist War. So we pick up right where we left off here. T. Watka is going to refuse uh, sheltering the Jedi here as the Separatists arrive now. And uh, the Separatists pretty much just come in and uh, the leader, T. Uh, T. Watka, goes over and says... Hey, welcome to our planet. Uh, you guys can pretty much go F off is kind of his tone. And <laughs> the Separatists are like, hey, this actually all looks really great. This is ours now. And uh, then they ransack the place. Uh, and then they're going to later test out a new weapon on the place that the Jedi are going to have to step up and help protect the village. And Anakin, who was still recovering, has to get up and uh, assist and uh, yeah, so this episode was pretty much a, a big continuation of the last one, and a, a lot of the same ideas explored in this. But uh, one thing I, I I would say I didn't care for as much was the separatists just being kind of 
over the top villainous here. Uh, I feel like the way and I get that that's what they're supposed to be, but I think they've been shown smarter in other instances. Uh, like in one of the episodes where, um, with the episode where Jar Jar, I think it was, and no, who was it? Um, yeah, Jar Jar and Bail Organa go to try to get help from the Toydarians. Mm-hmm. I felt like yeah. the Separatist leader there was a lot more cunning. This guy just comes in and starts ransacking the place. I felt like he could have maybe. And look, this could just be a fault with the character, or I'm not saying the episode should have gone this way, but I feel like the Separatists handled this completely wrong. I think they probably could have spun it in a way where you find out that this guy is a pacifist or that these people are not even helping the Jedi at this point, and you kind of try to flip them to work with you instead of just completely ransacking the place, which then makes them team up with the Jedi and ends up being their own undoing. So a pretty big misstep here from the Separatists. Yeah, I think the Separatists could have come in and pitched it to the idea of like, I think that's where it initially started, but then they kind of went nuts, is come in and almost say, you know, with the, the Jedi and uh, and the, and the Rebellion, or what I guess it would be the Rebellion, right? Like, would this be technically? Yeah. Um, they would ultimately be like people that are going to come in and try to take over the planet. So the Separatists could be like, we're here to protect you. Like we're here to make sure to safeguard this planet, to make sure that you guys kind of like, um, you know, I think there, there's a lot of that in the idea of like the, the peacekeepers for the hunger games. It's like, no, we're just here to help you. Like we're here to make sure that, you know, peace is kept and that we get along and that you're safe from the war that's on the outside, but then on the outside have that rule. And then all of a sudden they almost become slave, like kind of like Tatooine where they're much more of like slaves rather than, and, and you kind of flip the script then. That's where I think the Separatists could have gone. But you're right. I think, is it Look or Loke? How do you say that person's name? Is that Loke? L-O-K? I think that's the big Separatist leader. Um, yeah. I think that comes right. in. But he, like, he does. He comes in like a, a bull in a china shop and ransacks the village. Obviously, people that are peacekeepers and peacemakers <laughs> I, are going to be like, whoa. So... Yeah, and this is a great opportunity for the Jedi to show that they are peacekeepers because they're going to step up, mm-hmm. they're going to help the village, and they're going to leave the village alone um, going forward, which is a, a a big thing to kind of prove, hey, this is it. Because they're going to test a devastating weapon here, and they plan to use it on the Lurmen, which are the uh, monkey creatures. Um, so the villagers have to decide, all right, do we either pretty much die or do we fight with the Jedi to free ourselves? Uh, There's some really cool scenes in this. I love when Anakin lifts the separatist leader up in the air um, as he's trying to run away. It's just like, again, I think that's some of the dark stuff you're seeing from him. I don't know if like Obi-Wan is going to lift and like, even though he doesn't like kill him right there, it's, it's like, kind of dark to just be like you're running away and be like no i got you like completely in my grasp and i'm lifting you up in the air uh and also it makes me really feel like this is why i think the show is more necessary in the sense of building up um anakin into darth vader because while he is 
so you so you get those flashes, but there are still some moments where you're like, if you watch episode one, two, and three just in a row, it's a quick turn, right? It is a quick turn for Anakin to just be like, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm fully in this to the point where he's yeah. saying, I hate you to Obi Wan and, and stuff. So kind of being able to plant some of those seeds. Now they don't go like fully that way. I don't think this does help, but like the whole time I'm watching him save this village of monkeys, I'm like, dude, he's going to be going to villages like this in the future and just obliterating people. Uh, So some of that feels a little odd to be watching at times because you're like, yeah, he's going to be hypocritical later, you know? And also he's going to be hypocritical. He killed a whole bunch of Tusken Raiders. Right, just uh, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago in, in this show's timeline. I don't know how long it is, but you know, episode two, he kills a whole bunch of Tuscan Raiders, and uh, in in this, you know, he has to be the hero again, and it's almost like he is this, I don't know, I guess duality of duality of man type of thing, where sometimes he's going to be really heroic, and sometimes he's he's not. Whenever he gets you know, I guess really upset. Like I understood why he killed the Tuscan Raiders. His mom died. They killed his mom. But, you know, when he's saying he slaughtered them like animals and stuff, it really makes you uh, think, especially with the next episode, I think. I think it really brings up some good parallels with the next one. Um, so, uh, the, you know, the son is the one that kind of stood up and told everybody to, and his dad, like, we're standing up and we're going to do this. Right. The dad was still kind of hesitant uh, to this because they're not warmongers. But uh, all in all, they end up victorious. What was your overall thoughts of Defenders of Peace and this two episode arc? Because the next one is standalone. Yeah, um, I think what you said, like there's always subtle hints as to how Anakin becomes Darth Vader. And like you said, when when he goes in and that's what I hope that's. You know, this sounds dark. I, I really want the show of Darth Vader where it's now we've got everything pretty much between now and when he becomes Vader. But I want when he is Vader and he's ruling and it's outside of that where he's just obliterating planets. Like, it sounds awful, but like it, it does. It makes you want to. I feel like they have to complete the cycle. Like, we're, we're now we've gotten all of his like beforehand. We also have him with Obi-Wan uh, in Obi-Wan's show. We have him Rogue One. Like, I just want, I want more of that, like where it's, it's that build up to him really just being awful and why we hate him so much. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately this, this episode does a really nice job of, uh, I think showing that there's a lot of planets and probably a majority of them that really didn't want anything to do with the, with the clone wars, but because of the separatist, um, I think, you know, the, the Jedi and, and the Jedi council are in charge of keeping the peace. And, you know, they're oftentimes claiming themselves as selves as the peacekeepers. And we'll see that in the next episode where they claim to be those peacekeepers um, that they're there to make sure that they, which is really funny to me because they're the peacekeepers until like peace is no longer wanted or warranted. Then they become the, the, the assassins. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it is interesting to me, but I, I really did like this kind of spin. I thought uh, this uh, this episode made me want to go to Animal Kingdom. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it had a very Animal Kingdom kind of feel, uh, which is funny. But um, I think because of the 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 Lerman. So, but no, I, I did enjoy this. I thought 
it gives you backstories as to these planets that want to just stay out of it. I want to remain neutral, but can't. Um, and ultimately decide not to be because they're in trouble. They're in a lot of danger. But I'm a pacifist, so it, it resonates with me. I'm not one to really seek out conflict. So, All right. Season 1, episode 15. Trespass. Obi-Wan and Anakin based episode here which uh we haven't had in a bit yeah it's been a long time anakin and obi-wan find themselves in the middle of a territorial war this was directed by brian kalen o'connell and written by Stephen melching who's written a bunch of episodes this season and premiered january 30th uh 2009 so this is where they go to an ice planet called orto plutonia So apparently a clone security force stationed there uh, went missing. So the Jedi, accompanied by Senator Rio Chuchi and Chairman Cho of the nearby moon Pantora, uh, are going to investigate and see what happened. So the chairman, who is like the president of the country, is... uh, is stating that this whole planet is under their domain because no intelligent life lives there uh they never found any life there so you know it's theirs it's nearby it's it's actually held um i think in the eyes of the senate too they said uh, as being their land uh so they're like hey why is stormtroopers going missing and we walk in and all these stormtroopers i mean not stormtroopers sorry i keep doing that today uh, all these clone troopers helmets are on pikes when they come in uh but they realize hey there's no blaster fire there's no dead droid like you know broken droids here destroyed droids so at first they think it's going to be droid related but when they go investigate a droid separatist area all the droids heads are also on pikes which is very interesting now, going back to the beginning of this, I really like that Obi-Wan and Anakin are wearing similar snowsuits to Luke and Han uh, on Hoth. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. And then same thing with the clone troopers. They're wearing a lot of the same snow trooper stuff from uh, from Hoth. So I really liked seeing that. I also want to shout out here, th- these, uh, these uh, Pantorians who are blue. Yeah. Uh, one, I, I really like the look of them. I think they look great. Um, the chairman design is really cool, I think, especially like his hat. I don't know. I just really enjoy, enjoy that. Um, but they also make an appearance in, I forget what movie this one was in, either... Clone Wars, I mean, not Clone Wars, sorry, uh, Revenge of the Sith or uh, Attack of the Clones. But George Lucas actually played one of these, one of these characters in, this is one of his cameos. Let's see if I can share it here. Um, Yeah, this is one of his cameos that he made in the films it's just him walking in like the senate area 
dressed like this. <laughs> That's so and cool. uh, his character, I think, shows up in the Clone Wars, too, uh, where they focus on them again. But I just really like the design of them. So I want to shout that out because I, I thought this episode really stood out visually with them. I liked seeing all the snow. I liked the outfits they were all wearing. Uh, the, the alien designs were great. I really enjoyed uh, all of this. Um, but yeah, so so they're going to go to the Separatist ship and they realize, oh, geez, it's... Uh, it can't be them either. Now the chairman is very convinced or not very convinced. He's very convinced that it is still the droids because, you know, the, the Senator, the young Senator is like, Hey, uh, there's no blaster fire. There's no destroyed droids. It's gotta be something else. And he's pretty much just like, Nope, it's gotta be this. And then whatever it is, we're going to kill him anyway, because this is our, Lana, he goes really uh, overboard <laughs> with this stuff. Um, so then Obi-Wan and Anakin are going to approach a settlement, and this is where you run into the natives, uh, who are called the Tulls. And uh, Anakin doesn't know how they're going to communicate with these things. Um, Obi-Wan has a great remark about, hey, maybe they are smarter than us. And I really wanted to bring this up when we were talking about the last episode, because this one is, I think, the best parallel between the Tusken Raiders and the Tals. And seeing how Obi-Wan handles it and seeing how Anakin handles it. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I wrote down he says these things. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. I, I can't recall now if I just wrote that down or not. But he says, how are we going to communicate with these things? Obi-Wan says hey, they might be smarter than us. And I think that's the way to approach that in this situation of, like, just because you don't speak the same language, right, doesn't make someone dumber than you. And I think that's still something that is very prevalent in today's world. But when you see Anakin and you equate that to what he said in Attack of the Clones, you know, I slaughtered them like animals because they are animals type of thing is kind of where he was going with that. But really, yes, was it worse? Yes. The Tuscan Raiders went and kidnapped me and, and tortured her and killed her. Right. The towels are seen as protecting their, their land. This is their planet. Um, Obi-Wan and Anakin are able to communicate enough to be able to go back to the Pantorans and say, hey, they only want to be left alone. And this is where the chairman looks down at them and calls them creatures. He does not call them people. And again, this very equates to how Anakin sees the Tusken Raiders, I felt. So I thought it was interesting to see Anakin on a different side of it here. And this is where having a master like Obi-Wan, I think, helps a bit, right? Because Obi-Wan's able to kind of pull them back a bit and say, like, I don't know how hot-headed Anakin's going into this without Obi-Wan. Right? And Obi-Wan was the one that was able to communicate with the Tals. I don't know. There's just lots of parallels here with the way he treated the Tusken Raiders. Yeah, you see it like when he approaches their base. And I think with Anakin, he would have just come in, got frustrated that they're not speaking the language. They'd have got violent because he would have gotten a little bit fussy. And then that's where you see kind of like what he does with the Tusken Raiders. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it, it is interesting um, that the, the chairman is so 
hot-headed. And then I was watching this, Jordan, I was like, where the hell have I seen the the Pantorans before? I was like, I've seen them somewhere. And I did some digging while you were talking, and uh, there was a Pantoran captain that was on uh, the Galactic yes. Star Cruiser. Yes. And she is, uh, she's also the captain that uh, was, uh, I think, the captain on the ship that took Han Solo and... Um, Princess Leia on their honeymoon. I read that. That was in the Wikipedia. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. But she is, yeah, I didn't know. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen them before. Another thing that really bothered me, Jordan, um, and it's funny because it's it's around that time where this came out. This was before Pandora. And they yes. kept saying Pantorian and Pandora. Like, they, are, they look alike. They're blue. I'm like, what in the world? Um, <laughs> so I don't know if there's like a route where there's blue people that came from some planet and both of them, Lucas and um, James Cameron, kind of came up with this idea of blue people that sound like Pandoran. Um, but anyway, no, I think it, it is funny because the, it, like, the senator reminds me of um, Queen Amidala. And then, yeah, because she's young yeah, too. Like, yeah, yeah, and it has like that, you know, that carry, and then kind of the headdress uh-huh. thing, and um, the chairman, uh, he is. He's like, you're right. He is like Anakin when Anakin goes nuts. Like he doesn't see anything but war. Like you've killed, you've hurt me, and you've hurt my people. So I must kill you. Haven't even and really hurt his people blow. yet, right? I mean, yeah. it's just been the droids. But and he the feels like it. But, right. he but he just, feels like he's an attack on himself. Yes, he's so set on this. We have the yeah. right to this land. It's very mm-hmm. colonial, right? And, and that's another, if, if we want to look at real world history and stuff, this is yeah. very colonial of the outside person coming over and claiming land that they didn't know other people had and yeah. then wanting to just destroy them. Right. And what do you do? What, like, I love when people say like, oh, well, I mean, it's their land to claim. I'm like, how do you think you would feel if somebody came into your house and said, this is mine now? You would defend That's it. actually how I got my house. So that was... Uh... Right. <laughs> Jordan has... You've been behind that green screen. Yeah. There's, there's skeletons in that closet. Uh, just kidding. No, we had to pay for this one. But... Um... <laughs> we didn't have to kill anybody for it. But no, it was a... Uh... Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think we understand as we sit here in America now, that we would not be yeah. here if it wasn't for that type of thing. Yeah. But you can see where it went wrong, you know. Um, people at that point were just claiming land all the time, no matter where they went. When they went to Africa, they were claiming land. When they went to South America, they were claiming land. When they went to America, they were claiming land. And yeah, very similar to the Pantorans here who are like, oh, this is like close by. It's not even their planet, right? It is right. close by. Uh, yeah. I don't even think it's like a moon of it. It is just yeah. near enough for them to say, for some reason, that falls under our, our jurisdiction. Now, the chairman is going to go and start a war. And uh, the the young senator, uh, Senator Chuchi, has to appeal to the, uh, the government on Pantora via hologram. And they actually grant her request to um, negotiate for Pantora instead of it falling on the chairman. Now, when they show up, the chairman's already dying at that point. Uh, 
Rex was not a great protector of him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I mean, like th- those uh, towels were very hard to defend against, you know, that they were in their own territory. They have their methods of, of fighting. And uh, I don't think the clones were trying to, you know, kill, kill them or anything. Uh, there's a few times where Rex and other clones tell the chairman like, Hey, stop it. You're going to escalate this more. Um, so the Senator is going to go over there and say, Hey, I want to live for my people. I don't want to die for my people the way the chairman just did. And the Tals agree. And they leave this planet to the Tals after negotiating peace. Um, overall thoughts on this episode. This was my favorite of the three we watched. I really like the political aspect of star Wars. Um, like I said, I like the parallels between this and the Tusken Raiders of episode two. And I like the art. I love the planets, the towels. Actually, there is a towel that shows up in a new hope in the cantina scene, So that's where these aliens, um, where the design came from. But actually, uh, this was like their first appearance in canon, I think, for uh, quite a while. So this was kind of like saying, hey, this is where they kind of originated from. And then, you know, they said before they didn't have space travel and stuff. So I guess one of these guys at some point now sees all of this stuff happens. Like, I want to get off world and see the see the galaxy. And then he ends up in a cantina, runs into Obi-Wan a few years later. Um, what was your thoughts on, on this episode as a whole? And then did you like it better than the first two? What was your thoughts on, uh, this one that's called trespass? Yeah, this was my favorite one of the three. Um, I was like, at first I was kind of going, Oh, this is, this isn't even part of the art because obviously that, that last one had ended and I was like, yeah, it's not really part of it. Um, I like the remnants, uh, or I like the snow like planets and the resemblance to Hoth. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, I, I did. I really want one of those. I guess it would be like a parka kind of thing that the Jedi had. Yeah. That's cool. I love those. Not not that I'd ever wear it in Florida. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look really yeah, you'll weird. never need it. <laughs> no. Um, but no, I, I did. I really enjoyed this episode. And Jordan, I love, love, love that Lucas always does the, and I think a lot of them do this, um, where uh, like the episodes and, and the different movies and things like that, TV shows where the Jedi always get their told you so moment. Um, they're very much the, the know all. And I love when it can come full circle, uh, full circle and they can say, I told you this was going to end poorly. Um, and it did for the chairman. Um, and it told you, uh, I always love that um, because Obi-Wan is ultimately he and Yoda. I feel we get a lot of those moments where they're like, I told you so. Um, and, and we get a lot of that, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoy those, um, and we get that here in this episode. Yeah, something to mention, too, with this is that uh, the senator is like, you know, Obi-Wan asks her, how are you going to negotiate? And she's like, actually, I was hoping you would. Right. And he's like, I can't. Like, I can't, like, yeah. uh, I can't interfere that way. I'm just a, right. a, a keeper of the peace, uh, so I can't mm-hmm. do peace negotiations. Doesn't make any sense. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, he's like, uh, it, it's supposed to be you. It's your jurisdiction. So, so then she has to kind of take it on her, herself here. But again, it's kind of that muddled water from that. 
so I put this here just because I was like, when we were looking through these, I, I forgot what these episodes were. I just thought, all right, let's go three. So this is two and then a one and the next week will be two. So it would either be three now, then two next week or two now, three next yeah. week. But I actually glad I kept it with this because I think it actually relates to the last batch that we just does, watched yeah. because of the yeah. peacekeeping. Are you negotiating? Are you guys actually peacekeepers type of thing, which comes back up in this episode when, when she asks Obi-Wan to do it. And I'm like, why can't Obi-Wan negotiate? Right. Um, peacekeepers are supposed to be able to negotiate. Like they send them to the trade Federation in episode one to negotiate. Right. Quite got an Obi-Wan yeah. go to negotiate yeah. right. uh, on behalf of the Jedi Council and the Senator. Yeah, so uh, I thought it was funny how he was like, oh, no, I actually, I actually can't. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's because the chairman was against it that he couldn't or what. I, I, I wasn't super clear in there. But uh, so if anybody's listening to this and is like, Jordan, it's obvious it's because of this. Let me know. Uh, send it to us so I can read it aloud next time. But yeah, so that's our uh, that's our three episodes this week. But this one really was my favorite of the three, and I think it's one of my favorites mm-hmm. that we've watched so far. Just really enjoyed that political intrigue and the fact it's an Obi Wan Anakin episode. It was good fun. Yep, no, it was good to see him back together. It's been a couple of weeks since we've seen him um, together, so. Yeah, you know we say that, but I think it was the just the last batch. Was it really? Yeah, I'm looking back at the Gungan General and like Dooku captured. They're stuck with Dooku. Yeah, that's true. But it's the first but time I mean, they're like, like, yeah, with each other without Dooku together being trying to do yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. It also, feels a while because we we took the holidays off recording. So okay, that's true. It's been a while yeah. for us. So it was so great. long. People were listening and they're like, "We just listened to one last week where they were talking." Right. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> these guys are dumb. <laughs> We do have horrible memory, but that's because <laughs> Jordan's 38 or something. 32. How are you? Um, 32. <laughs> don't make me do it. everybody above the age of 38 listening. I'm so sorry. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, you jerk. Uh, you can send us any feedback or yell at Logan for <laughs> calling you old Call by old. contacting us at Pod Awakens on threads, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, email potawakens at gmail.com. We have a Discord now that we have as well. I'm not sure if I mentioned that last time. I don't think I had it created last time. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, you can check so. that out there. It's part of our Logjam Media, which is our network of podcasts here, which includes this show, Elseworlds, the DC Fan Podcast, The Infinity Saga and Beyond, our Marvel show. Films for the very first time, where my friend Casey and I sit and watch uh discuss a film that i watched for the very first time or that he watched we each pick one alternating and it also includes stateside soccer show our podcast which is pretty self-explanatory stateside american soccer and uh i think that's all the pie oh behind the dreams our, our, our disney podcast that i do with jack um, I think that's all my podcasts. I can't even keep them straight at this point, but that's all part of the log jam media brand there. So the discord has all of that it also has different channels to talk video games, NFL. We've been talking a lot of NFL in there too, anything like that. So make sure you join it there and you can discuss 
Star Wars or any of those things that fancy you um, or that you fancy, not that fancy you. <laughs> uh, but that's it for this week. Next week, we are going to be talking two episodes, Blue Shadow Virus and Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Now, we had to skip episode 16 because we already covered that uh, This with this chronological list here episode 16 was the hidden enemy that was the first episode episode that we did so that's where you can have some very confusing now of course that episode doesn't really speak too much about stuff that happens with christophsis but that explains why like there's no ahsoka there was they were back on christophsis so when people were watching these out of order it could get very confusing so that's why we're doing it this way Uh, So Blue Shadow Virus and Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Those are episodes 17 and 18 of season one. And we are almost done season one here. Just a few more weeks. Uh, Two more weeks. Wow. Two more weeks of, of season one. Then we go into season two. Thank you all for watching and listening. And we will catch you next time.